Welcome to season two of the Warriors of Education podcast, bringing you heartwarming and real conversations with teachers on the front line of education across the globe. I'm Karen Sarah Watson. I'm not only the host, but I am a teacher. This podcast is for people who want to better understand the experience of today's teachers. Come join us. Welcome to season two of the Warriors of Education podcast. Today, I'm incredibly honored to have Dana Thomas on. She is a former Baltimore City public school teacher turned founder of the global initiative to support mental health and wellness of educators called Happy Teacher Revolution. Happy Teacher Revolution. I am so excited to have you on. Thank you for coming on the Warriors of Education podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so humbled to be here and so honored to be among so many incredible educators and thought leaders that you've spoken to on this podcast. I'm a huge fan. So I'm really, really grateful for you, your voice and your service in education. Thank you. Well, I am grateful because we're going to talk mental wellness today, and I'm a huge proponent for it. I This um, season has been a lot of people talking about mental wellness and, and self-care of teachers, and a lot came out of the woodwork compared to like last last year we were talking about the, the pandemic, which we're still talking about very much in that framework. But I find that I've been finding a lot of like these incredible teachers who are really helping other teachers. So, um, and I love this initiative you started. So tell me about yourself and tell me about this initiative. Oh, well, yeah. So my journey with Happy Teacher Revolution actually started before I was a teacher when I was still a student. So when I was in high school and again, when I was in college, I struggled with mental illness. I represented the one in four Americans who has experienced mental illness. I represented the one in five college students who had contemplated suicide. I represented the statistic that the onset of mental illness most frequently occurs between the ages of 17 and 24. And I personally suffered from anxiety, depression, panic attacks, and I spent so much energy hiding it from my friends and hiding it from my parents, but I couldn't hide it from my teachers. My teachers, I who I refer to and dedicate every keynote and presentation I've ever given, I refer to them as my emotional first responders because they were the ones who recognized those subtle changes in behavior as warning signs, who recognized, you know, the and encouraged me to get help and to seek treatment, and I owe my life to them. Um, and so they were the reason I was inspired to become a teacher myself, and I served as a Baltimore City public school teacher for seven years. And during that time, realized, oh my gosh, no one's asking the teachers if they're okay. No one's asking them, yeah. hey, are you okay? No one's ever asked them that. Yes. <laughs> what? And I was just sitting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, what, what can I do about this? Because I didn't necessarily feel supported by the traditional frameworks and structures that were supposed to be, quote, support, end quote. Um, by that, I meant, you know, the union and the administration and things like that. You know, at the time I was working for administrators that were very much taking advantage of the staff members. I had 39 kindergartners in my classroom. I had an assistant principal that was sexually harassing multiple female staff members. We are still in court proceedings. Three days ago, I kid you not, three days ago, this was actually, yeah, we were sitting, this was the eighth time that the case had been postponed. Um, and, you know, we're sitting there with proof, multiple teachers, multiple staff members, and to talk about trauma that teachers have experienced, I really didn't find that there was a support group, an outlet, a network that we say in Happy Teach Revolution to find the time and space to feel, deal, and be real about the social, emotional, and intellectual demands of the job. It was very much like this very isolated feeling. So because of my experience as a student with anxiety, with depression, 
um, with panic attacks, when I first became a teacher, I very much part of my healing journey was talking about that experience, you know, bringing light to something that very much is in the shadows, uh, very much has a huge stigma surrounding it. And I was the national spokeswoman for NAMI Maryland, the National Alliance of Mental Illness, and also the Music for Mental Health campaign. So I was talking about, on about Facebook. I was, you know, talking about it in grad school, at lunch, during PD, you know, having these conversations around um, stress and overwhelm as it relates to the job. And so many teachers, my friends, my colleagues, people that were in my training program, people that were in a different training program, people that have been teaching for decades longer than I have, like all experience the same feelings of stress and overwhelm as it relates to the job. So I wanted to create a support group for teachers. And so that's how it started, very grassroots. And it's grown immensely. And now it's it's what I get to live and breathe full time. That is incredible. Well, I, I'm sharing something with you that's very personal to me, which is related to this, is that most, um, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put this out on every system, but I know in the New York city system, they rarely look at mental health as an injury. And I had some trauma that happened to me and I needed to take a leave of absence because of it. And I asked for, um, I asked to get, uh, I asked for the leave to, to get paid for that. And they did not recognize mental health as an injury because I wanted to I wanted to take a, a leave of absence because of injury. And they said that they didn't recognize that. And I sat there in a meeting with um, with these lawyers and they just went after me like you're the one who has a problem. This isn't a real injury. We're not going to help you. And I lost because they did not they did not recognize that. And so. I am, um, I'm, again, I'm just honored to be talking to someone who does recognize that, who's trying to make a difference. And I really hope that um, other people who are going through this can hear this also, because for me, I was alone and I wasn't, I wasn't getting the pay that I should have gotten paid. And I, you know, and I was cast aside because of my own trauma and um, my, you know, I suffer myself from depression and a lot of anxiety and it's carried over into the school year and they don't have anyone in the schools to really talk with teachers there's there's they they heard there's a counselor within the union and they were wonderful but the, they're like a very small group of people who have to handle a union of like thousands of teachers so anyway so i just wanted to share that with you and just to say that i really appreciate this what you're doing and i really hope that one day we can get to the point where injury is considered mental mental health is can, can be considered an injury too, and teacher can teachers can be compensated the same way someone who breaks an arm is. Yeah, exactly. And thank you so much for your courage for sharing that and your vulnerability for sharing that. And I, you know, I think about this stigma again, like you're saying, like someone who has an injury or maybe something more visible, like a broken limb or something like that, or. And just how the trending for awareness of it really should not be something that's stigmatized. You mentioned my Happy Teacher Evolution shirt I have on right now, which is lime green. <laughs> and it's lime green because uh, it's not only the color of our apple, our, our Happy Teacher smiling apple, but it's also lime green. It's the official color of mental health awareness. And I think about pink ribbons for breast cancer awareness. Um, my sister-in-law is a stage four breast cancer survivor, and it's nothing to be ashamed of to have a pink ribbon on the cover of a magazine or a Wheaties box or on professional athletes uniforms or footwear but for mental health awareness it's still something that just 
talking about like this, like we're doing right now. And for everyone who's listening, like knowing that this is something that is so progressive, so revolutionary, so different to raise awareness around caregivers, mental health and caregivers well-being. Because we know that research shows that when teachers are taking care of themselves, when they're happy, their students are happier. We know that when teachers are stressed out and they have high levels of cortisol, that, that stress hormone, that students correspondingly have higher levels of cortisol. So that stress is contagious. So it impacts students' social emotional learning. It's, it impacts students' behavior. There's been links uh, from teacher depression to low student math score. So low academic achievement. This is research from the University of Arizona. So it's really interesting to consider, you know, the investment in the workforce, uh, workforce well-being has an impact on students' social emotional learning, on students' academic achievement. And it also is an equity issue. We're seeing that teachers of color are burning out at a higher rate. There's higher turnover rates uh, for uh, teachers who are special in special education. So there's a disproportionate effect on certain communities of educators as well. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it also, it's also like who, who your administration is too, how your administration, how administration and the higher levels are treating what's going on, because it is just like you said, if a teacher is, is in a really good place, when I have a really good day, when I'm in, and, and a lot of times when I'm with my students and I'm, and they're doing so well, it, it does put me in a great mood if I'm having a hard day, but if I'm getting it from above me, if my, if my administration is coming down on me, like over and over and over again, and I need to go back in that classroom, it makes it a lot, my job, a lot harder to make, to, to be a, a a really good quality educator when there's all this pressure. So um, what kind of, like, tell me about the kind of work that you're doing now with Happy Teacher Revolution. Yeah, so what we've been doing and, and what we have been able to pivot in 2020 and 2021 is training folks through our online programs to launch these Happy Teacher Revolution spaces in person, wherever they are. So it's an online self-paced asynchronous type of training program that individuals have launched these happy teacher revolution meetings in their communities all over and we call them revolutionaries these support group facilitators so we have revolutionaries in over 32 different states in africa and canada we launched in 2021 and also latin america this most recent in brazil um, this school year which is just so exciting um, so these revolutionaries launch happy teacher revolution meetings and What's been really interesting though, is the data that we're seeing from school districts who've launched this district wide. So like we have a bunch of one-off individuals who are superstars who are launching this in their school buildings and their you know, districts or cluster of districts or just community groups or yoga studios, basement of a church, cafes, like anywhere folks can find. And that's, that's how I started this too. You know, it's just, all right, who, who's, who, who can host us just to come together in this space. Um, it's not a treatment type of meeting. It's, it's a listening space. It's an opportunity for us to engage in mindfulness, engage in active listening to one another, to like put our cell phones down and to connect in this face-to-face -face way that I think we're craving now more than ever. Um, and all of the curriculum, everything is based on research, evidence-based practices. It's data-driven. It's based on the RIF scale of well-being, R-Y-F-F, because um, that was something that I wanted to reframe is, okay, we've proven that teachers are stressed, they're burnt out, gotcha, like verified, check mark. <laughs> 
what do we do about it? What about the teachers who aren't burnt out? What are they doing right? So what we have totally flipped the script is in terms of measuring well-being and different components of well-being, making our curriculum, um, you know, and meetings based on these components. And we've also launched an IRB research study. So we are researching the impact of Happy Teacher Revolution in these school districts that have launched like before, during, and after COVID to see the impact. And what we're seeing is that in these school districts that have launched Happy Teacher Revolution that yes, teachers were more stressed out than ever during COVID. And the sites that launched Happy Teacher, they had, they were in the 71% favorable well-being rating, um, which is the top tier compared to other schools that weren't launching Happy Teacher Revolution. And they've also showed, were able to demonstrate a correlation to student SEL and well-being, which is to say, to reiterate that point that you made earlier is that, you know, this is something that very much is correlated with our teachers and our students. Um, it's not in isolation and like the pressure from above in these school districts, the superintendents are using this language. It's not like just the teachers, it's everyone. It's the bus drivers, cafeteria ladies, it's the secretaries, it's the superintendents, it's the district officials. Like it's having that cohesiveness where people aren't just like saying, take care of yourself. And here's an email attachment of everything that's due by close of business tomorrow. It's like, no, like we actually have the structures in place to promote well-being, to promote adult SEL, adult social emotional learning, to have this type of multi-tier system of support for the grown-ups, and even if folks don't go to it every time, just like knowing that that space is available has been huge, um, especially. What an amazing thing! Sorry, um, what an amazing thing to. No, no, no! I could go on forever, so please, like. No, 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 no! I just, I, I, sorry, it just popped in my head. But what an amazing thing to have on the first day of school for teach when the teachers, because we all the teachers go back early, you know, and we always have these meetings, and you know, we kind of play these silly games. And I'm a theater teacher, so I love games. But yeah. we play these games and it's like this sort of faux, like getting to know you know each other. But what a great thing to have to bring in something like that, which you immediately address mental wellness in the very beginning and everyone's there, like the administration, the, the cafeteria, like the, the the secretaries, like we're all in one room and we're, we're all discussing this and we're starting the year off on that. I mean, I just think that's, I mean, not to use the word over and over, but is revolutionary, you know, I mean, it's, it's. Mm -hmm to do that. That's incredible. And have you, you've worked with school districts. Have you gone in and like done these workshops within schools and had all these people at part of it, including the, yeah. and the yep. So schools, school districts, like training programs, um, union groups, folks who are like ambassadors, um, as union representatives around the state, uh, folks who are mentor teachers who work with, um, first and second year teachers, specifically, um, you know, different affinity groups, all different types of like lenses through which to support students. So there's that phrase that goes, it takes a village to raise a child. This is taking care of the village. This is like, okay, let's take care of the village who takes care of the child, whatever the village is. And it's really interesting to see how people define like what this village looks like. There's some Happy Teacher Revolution sites uh, that have launched, that have done it all digitally, uh, that they're not necessarily in person, but they're all on Zoom uh, meetings. And so it's something, just like you said, uh, that what a great opportunity to launch and back to school, or even at like in January after winter break at, as like a new year's resolution type of thing and have this really exciting moment and coming together community and for it to be recurring, um, for it to not just be like one of those one-time things, because a lot of teachers, I think one of the things that's really plaguing folks right now is this is this new initiative fatigue it's like new initiative after new initiative and new thing and it's like let's try this now let's try this 
And then there, we, there's all this money that is spent a lot of money, like thousands and thousands of dollars in some of this professional development. That's like a one and done thing. And the materials end up in a basement somewhere and collects dust. And it's like, oh my gosh, how much did this cost? But really this concept is, okay, you don't have to buy a bunch of materials. It's an opportunity for folks to invest in themselves and their own personal development and well-being as a best practice to model to their staff, but also for students. Like imagine if kiddos had an educator in front of them or an adult staff education professional in front of them from pre-K through 12th grade, who is someone who is really modeling those social emotional competencies, who was self-aware, who had relationship skills, who had social awareness, who was getting eight hours of sleep at night, who was actually eating breakfast and lunch on their lunch break and getting to go to the bathroom when they got, you know, wanted to go to the bathroom and had joy in their life. Like, what a happy human. What is that? What What is that? Like, what is she? You can't go to the bathroom when you want to go to the bathroom. I've never, I've, I know. It is like, it is the underlying thing that people who are not teachers have no idea, no idea. how our bladders work, but <laughs> horrifying. And oh, it's like, right. even that, but like even having to have like a break around the water cooler, like in the office, I'm like, Ugh, I was, you know, I wish we could just like all hang out. Yeah. I mean <laughs> that. So tell me, did you, did this start happening during the pandemic or did it start before the pandemic? Happy Teacher Illusion, we first started before the pandemic uh, when I was teaching kindergarten in Southeast Baltimore um, with the 39 kiddos. And I was so overwhelmed and stressed out. And I was like, okay, I want to start one of these support group meetings. Um, So it was very grassroots. So I started having these meetings in my classroom, other people's classrooms. I was going and getting my master's at Johns Hopkins at the time. So Hopkins was a big supporter in the very beginning as well. And then Education Week found out about our grassroots meetings and asked, hey, can I come to your school? You know, and we can we send a photographer to your school and write an article and take some photos. And when the article went live, that's when we went viral. I started hearing from people all over the country, all over the world saying like, Hey, how do I start one of these? I'm not in Baltimore. How do I start one of these happy teacher meetings? So I'm like, all right, we'll hop on Zoom. Like, it's, so we were in this sort of like online training space in 2017, 2018. Um, and that's when we first launched. And then I was burnt out myself after seven years in the classroom. I um, was experiencing uh, discrimination based on my mental health history. Uh, my principal at the time told me, that I was quote, mentally sick and should seriously consider resigning. And I said, that's up to my doctor to decide. You know, I'd like to have a lawyer present. And I was carrying a tape recorder around in my purse because I couldn't believe the discrimination. Um, like if I had any other type of mental health condition uh, that I was experiencing because of my mental health history. And so I made the leap to work on this full time. And that's when we joined the Johns Hopkins Social Innovation Lab in 2019. And we're the winners of the of the prize. So Hopkins sponsored us and, and gave us the funds to keep going. So you a community yeah. hero award in 2019. Oh, what yeah. an amazing honor! Yeah. <laughs> it's like my most prized possession. It makes me, radio. I'm, I'm just, having a bad day. I just cry and I'm like, okay, like I need to keep going. Oh my god, <laughs> that's hard. I was not a hero. I'm, I'm interviewing a hero. That's oh. incredible. So how did, um, so the, the pandemic came along and how did that affect you and how did that transform your program? Yeah, so that, I'll, I'll be honest, like it was really challenging. Um, I think that teacher mental health and well-being was sort of on the back burner before the pandemic and then the pandemic happened and I felt like we weren't even in the kitchen. I felt like, yeah. I felt like it was like the what? Teachers, mental, huh? Who? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and it got more challenging than ever. And by what I mean by that is you know, the lack of boundaries. Teachers is, you know, kitchen tables became their classrooms and boundaries were, were tough before. Um, the added demands, um, the added sort of layers of, again, like trauma and the social emotional components that are more important now more than ever. And so um, in terms of Happy Teacher Revolution, it was challenging because we're, we were all about these in-person, face-to-face connections. Um, and so it was really interesting because we were able to really lean in and support the sites that had already launched. So there was people who are like, I think there was superintendents, you know, I talked to them, I'm trying to conceptually like explain this to, and I, and, and I asked them, I, I say, what advice would you give? your staff today you know as they embark on their education journey what advice would you have given to yourself and they said run and I'm like what like we need to like there's a a spectrum of readiness I think um that really became glaringly obvious during COVID and so I want to highlight and add gratitude for the folks that continue to hold space for happy teacher revolution meetings um for example Lynn our revolutionary in Minneapolis um, after the racial injustices that occurred there on top of the trauma of COVID, you know, her meetings in Minneapolis, she started holding them twice a week, Monday mornings and Friday afternoons to help support her staff to bookend the week. Um, and so, you know, that way folks really felt supported, even for the people who couldn't make it to the meetings, they were sending her emails saying like, thank you so much. I'm just so grateful to know that this space exists, that it's here if I need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something that really came up. Uh, during COVID. Uh, and so the other piece too is, is again, the folks who continue to collect data through this, um, you know, this is just as data-driven and research-based as any other initiative. You know, when we talk about supporting students with literacy and math and supporting uh, the arts in education, which is so hugely important, this is also just as important. Like we have to support the teachers or else nothing else is going to exist. We're not renewable resources. Right. Um, it's pretty... <laughs> It's pretty unbelievable, like what is happening right now because of the political atmosphere that we're in, the climate, I should say, which is with the mask mandates and the vaccines. And, um, you know, I don't want to get into the political part of that, but I want to talk about like what it's what that's doing to teachers right now. I mean, teachers are getting attacked. Um, They're getting physically hurt. They're being yelled at. I just, I had, I sat there last year. I mean, I did, I, I listened to parents, even in our community, you know, I live in Brooklyn, which is a completely like progressive and liberal kind of community. And I still heard parents saying that, you know, they wanted the kids in person, you know, when we were still in the midst of a, a pandemic and mm-hmm. they were putting it on the teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, they were saying, this is the teacher's fault. This is because teachers don't want to come in the classroom. This is because teachers you know, they're lazy and they want to stay at home and they don't, you know, they want to be able to like do whatever they want and they don't care about the kids. And which was the complete opposite because we're all struggling through how do we do remote learning? You know, how do we support our children who are suffering through this? Mm -hmm. And still be a person and pay off our student debts and also deal with COVID ourselves, just like the rest of y'all. Like we're not... (laughs) immune to this and there was no preparation for a global pandemic there are no praxis questions on what to do when the world shuts down and you have to completely flip your life there's never a grad school class or a professor that went over this with us no. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Right. But I mean, it's, it's, it's just, there wasn't, and, and just the, the teacher bashing. It yeah, just, the teacher bashing. Oh, and that's what, you know, and to explicitly name that's moral distress when what you believe should happen does not happen, which results in a caring of dissonance in the body. And so teachers on top of burnout, on top of compassion fatigue, on top of vicarious trauma or even personal trauma, there's also this added layer of moral distress. And so, you know, this is an opportunity for us, I think, to pivot and to consider not just self-care, but also community care. Like how do we take care of each other? Cause that's really how this started. You know, I was very much inspired by the consciousness raising groups of the women's rights movement of the, of the civil rights movement of this idea of, of gathering together to amplify voices that have been systemically silenced, systemically marginalized for, for us to garner together in this community and to normalize well-being practices like setting boundaries, like saying no, like taking a sick day when you're actually sick. Right. Like in the Black Lives Matter movement too, which came, came, came through during the, really during the um, pandemic too, which is so important. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Because some of the research that we're seeing, and especially you know, like I mentioned before, we launched in Canada and there is some research that had come out of Ontario that shared that 30, that again, like this idea, um, not just idea, but the, the provenness of burnout impacting teachers is impacting a disproportionate amount of our black teachers that 33% of our black teachers, um, have experienced anti-black bias when it comes to getting promoted and that uh, there is 33% of our LGBTQ2 plus educators have been pressured to not come out. So it's this idea that there are still very much populations of educators who are marginalized, who are experiencing this systemic oppression, as well as the nuances of and subtleties of what is unseen um, for a lot of our teachers too. And so this is the pandemic of teacher stress and of burnout is affecting all teachers, but the disproportionate effect on teachers of color, especially impacting our students of color, because we know that if students of color have teachers of color, they're more likely to be referred to uh, gifted and talented programs. They're likely less likely to be suspended and referred and have disciplinary action, that it benefits all students. Um, and so I think that's something that's really huge is looking at, you know, in, in this profession, how can we support, you know, what this looks like for all of our teacher communities? Right. So tell me where, now, where do you go from here now that, it, where are you now? What are some of your future hopes and dreams and yeah, so uh, I'm really excited because it's great that you asked that because we're launching um, in October our Train the Trainer program. So this is going to be the first time that folks are going to be able to get trained to train their own revolutionaries. Um, and so folks can train within school districts or train within their communities and essentially be franchisees of Happy Teacher Revolution. I mean, my dream is for this to be an opportunity for teachers to be entrepreneurs or edupreneurs. What I mean like that is for them to be leaders in this space of social, emotional, and teacher well-being and mental health and to model what it looks like to set those boundaries, to take care of themselves, um, to find their passion, their purpose, and why, and to be compensated for it. Financial well-being is something that's really important to me. It really bothers me that teachers are on the cover of Time Magazine for selling their blood plasma because they're not earning a living wage. This was a Time Magazine cover in 2018, again, before the pandemic. And 
there are student loans that are astronomical. There's, you know, the cost of living and the lack of teacher pay that's affecting teachers all over, um, both in public schools and in private schools. Um, and so this is something that I want to compensate educators who are launching, initiating, and leading uh, revolutionary well-being practices in their communities as, as coaches, as point people, uh, because it doesn't just benefit our students, it benefits our whole communities, their children, their husbands, their wives, their partners, their families. Um, it's something that it's really important to me. Like I want to become obsolete. My hopes and goals and dreams is to become obsolete. The happy teacher revolution to be like, everybody's happy. Like we don't need Dana anymore. You know, um, that's, that's what I want the goal to be, honestly. And for folks who aren't finding joy in this profession to have an opportunity to choose something else, you know, and for that to be okay, to give folks permission um, to change their mind and to make those choices and to support our teachers who are still in the classroom. Um, instead of this revolving door, you know, I really want to take care of the people that we have because they're really special and there's nothing more magical than seeing an educator doing their thing with their students. Like it is just the best. It gives me goosebumps. I just love it. You know, everyone, and every one of us has a teacher that's changed our lives right. and this is for them. Right. I mean, this is all incredible. How do people, what do people do now? They're, they're listening to this and they're saying, you know, I want to be part of Happy Teachers Revolution. I want my school to be part of this. What do people need to yes. do? Oh, please check out our website, www.happyteacherrevolution.com. Uh, if you want to get some information, www.happyteacher.info. You can follow us on social media at Happy Teacher Revolution. We just celebrated over 50,000 followers, which is crazy. Like, how did this Instagram that I started, like, when I was on my lunch break in the staff lounge one day at work, has become this complete movement of educators who really believe that the best way to support their students is by supporting their mental health and their well-being. Um, and so, you know, we have each other. Know that you're not alone um, and know that we're here for you. And, and contact us, hello, at happyteacherrevolution.com. Well, I can tell you I'm going to take the course myself. Um, you've yeah, totally yeah. Told me. <laughs> yeah, you would be awesome. Yeah, I, I want to bring it to Holly, my community because awesome. I think it's I, you've totally engaged me in this and I'm, oh. I'm, 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 I'm all for it. So I'm Oh, and we're going to meet in Fort Greene someday. I'm going to come yes. out. Okay. We're going to have organic wine at the place up the street for me. <laughs> well, I just want to, Dana, thank you so much. First of all, I just, I also want to say that not only are you this cool person and you do these, oh. but you play saxophone and that's yeah. so cool too. So I, <laughs> yeah. oh, thank you. Do you want me to play a little bit? Oh, you can you? Oh my God. Yeah. Let's hear a little bit. I was playing right before. Um... Oh my God. <laughs> All right, let's see. <laughs> All right. Just a little going out music. This is not plant. This is improvised, but okay. we love improvisational theater and, oh. and saxophone, so why not? Love it. <laughs> Michael, which makes me very happy. Just a little George Michael. Her is the best. Wrap up the interview. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Dana. We, I, I adore you, and I'm. Oh. It's been such a lovely interview, and um, I'm going to post all your stuff. We're all going to be part of Happy Teacher Revolution. We're going to go to fifty to like hundreds and thousands. I let's do it. I know it's <laughs> thank you so oh. much for being part of Warriors of Education podcast. Thanks, Karen. I had a great time. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in to Warriors of Education. 
This podcast is produced by me, Karen Sarah Watson, edited by Alyssa Renzi, and recorded in Brooklyn, New York. Make sure you subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you download podcasts. If you are a teacher or know a teacher who would like to share a story, contact us at warriorsofeducation at gmail.com or on our website, warriorsofeducation.com. Teachers, we hear you, we see you, we honor you. Thank you.